walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host. The hardest part of the ring. How's everybody's week going? Happy Bump Day, everybody. We're halfway there. Whoa, living on a prayer. Um, glad to have you. We got a doozy on the way today. Uh, King of the Ring, 1996. What will be gallivanting about from the old World Wrestling Federation, providing us a, a little show here that may or may not have uh, some ramifications on the future. May or may not give us the most, I don't know, the most profitable sentence ever uttered on, on WWE programming. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we got old Frosty McFreeze, old Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know him. You love him. You probably know him from uh, from um, Tough Enough. You know him from Broken Skull Challenge, you know him from uh, The Longest Yard, probably. Mr. Steve Austin, this is his coming out party. You probably, most of you, if not all of you, know what this show is about. Austin, King of the Ring, and all that stuff. We'll get into it. I'm not going to just, I'm not going to be like a, like a Transformers trailer and give you all of the content in the trailer here, but lots to talk about there. But outside of that, I mean, everybody knows this show for that, for Austin 316, etc. But God damn it, this show overall is just very... We also get the first Mankind versus Undertaker match. Kicking that legendary feud off, arguably the most significant feud of either of those guys' careers. We got a couple good wrestling matches. We got tag titles on the line. We got, hey, we got the last pay-per-view match for the Ultimate Warrior. We got uh, Goldust is here. The hog, the hogs, the, go- the the Godwins are here. I mean, it's just the cast of characters is is a plenty. And in this show, it's one of the most legendary shows, really, in hindsight, as far as the seeds that get planted. But does that mean it's the best show? Well, not exactly. But we'll get more into that at the end of the podcast when 
the hardest promotion battle of 1996 continues. That's right. WWF versus WCW versus ECW. All three promotions. I compare each of them, not just overall, not just based on the pay-per-view grades, but we look at the end ring. We look at the out of ring. We look at the stories, the characters, the best and the worst. We we put that all in a big potpourri of a spreadsheet that I've created. We see where, as of right now, we stand WWF at this point in 1996. June 23rd of 1996, WWF is currently, according to our criteria, WWF is currently doing the best with 11 points. ECW right behind them with 10 points. And WCW is carrying the caboose at one point. What do these points mean? Well, we'll get into it. Make sure to stick around at the end of the episode. And whoever wins this battle, once we get through all of the 1996 shows, whoever wins, daddy will purchase a championship belts of the winning promotion. So a lot going on there. But uh, before we get into anything, let me give a shout. I look, This show is all about Stone Cold, so I had to get the, the closest thing I could get. He's bald, and I think he shit his pants one time wrestling Yokozuna as well. I, I, I could be fuzzy on the details there, but Matt Ritter from the Smack and Raw podcast returning to the show. Always love having Matt on. He's, he's a sweet, sweet boy, luscious, luscious lips, and a, a big, fat cock on that boy. So follow the Smack and Raw podcast, the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. Uh, I wouldn't know. I'm in Virginia, so I can't watch it, but you can, um, you know, if you're stumbling upon a uh, gaping gangbang BDSM stepmom video, you might get a recommended video on the side of Matt and his cast of characters on his show talking about the week of wrestling, what they spit, what they swallow, what they like, what they dislike, what they love, what they bukkake. All of that stuff. They have a very, very entertaining spin on wrestling. It's always a great time. Check out the Smackin' It Raw podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as YouTube, Pornhub, of course, uh, Twitch, Facebook, UJIS, all that stuff. So uh, check them out. All of their info in the description below. Matt is a good boy. Uh, follow Matt on Twitter and or X, Instagram, uh, Omegle, Grinder, all that stuff. I'll put all of that info in the description below. And follow me at Apron Bump everywhere. Just type in Apron Bump. You'll find me. Um, if you like this type it up, if you like this era of wrestling and you'd like to hear me speak more about it, review about it, relive this era of wrestling, the wrestling wars of the 90s, go to ApronBump.com and go to the episodes tab at the top. And you can select any promotion, any era that I covered. You can select Wrestling Wars of the 90s. And that'll bring you to all of the WWF, WCW, ECW shows that I've covered in chronological order, starting from WrestleMania 10 in 1994. And I've covered every single show through now. So almost two years worth of uh, content there. Go check it out. And check this out. Why don't you? While you're here, WWF King of the Ring 1996 with myself, 
and Pretty Ready from the Smackin' It Raw podcast. Oh, boy. How's it going, man? It's going good. Uh, listen, I'm really happy you invited me to do this. You know, the way you've been blowing up on social media lately, the fact that I finally get to be on a Kenny for your thoughts is fucking awesome. Is, is Brandon coming or? Are you suggesting that I look like Kenny? No, he's way cuter than you. Just all vague Asians are all all just look alike, right? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm you, with you, Kenny, Justin, pretty much Charlie, everyone, everyone from Get You, besides Vince and Benji, because right. they're not Asian. Well, Justin's your favorite Filipino, as you often <clears throat> say. Second um, favorite, because oh, that's right. I forget she's Asian. <laughs> I forget you're Asian. <laughs> my wife does too until she sees my cock, but. That's well, a whole you different. know, very, very tiny. So, how's the chlamydia? It's good. Um, I got some antibiotics clearing up. Thanks for shouting me out on the last episode. I hey, appreciate no problem. It. No problem. Love to shout out my buddies, making sure you're you're okay and got all the creams you need. So, speaking of speaking of your last episode, I was actually listening, and you know, you were talking about like names for what your podcast could have been, and uh-huh. winged ego because you're bird and this and that. Um, in the end time podcast would have been good. The end time podcast. Yeah. The Kyle yeah. in time that that's catchy. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, return to wrestling. I, I really like that name too. That that's a good one. Right. Right. The yeah. Joe Rogan experience. I could also go yeah, with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. A bird in the hand and a bird in the bush. You know, when you and Smacked Raw collaborate, I don't think you have I don't think you have any stones to throw, sir. Okay. Let's see. Hold on. Let me I meant to check this earlier. Let's see if Apron Bumps has put out any episodes uh recently. Let's just listen to that actually. Let's not talk about King of the Ring. Let's just do like a Yeah, fuck that. A, do a their last episode was September of 2021. These guys can eat my asshole. Should, should I go and put an Austin 316 shirt on? I mean just so we match, I have. Well, one. you already got the hairstyle covered. I do, I do. All you gotta do is be shirtless and put on some trunks. So I can take my shirt off. You know, I'll do a podcast shirt. I was about to say <laughs> you've set the precedent that you are prepared to do that. So you don't even need um, knee braces. We're in 1996. All you gotta do is put some some knee sleeves or something on. Right. Yeah, fucking. Uh, so nothing happened on this pay per view of any like consequence. It's just weird that we're just watching this random. Yeah. 19 you know nothing special kind of a lost in time pay-per-view that people never really talk about i mean you got the body donna's here and cloudy yeah. i think cloudy is probably what people think of when they hear king of the ring 1996 100 um are you familiar with cloudy by the way i mean we'll talk about her i mean we'll I'm, talk about them i went and did some research afterwards because i was intrigued i was uh-huh. turned on and i was like who is this woman why is she so beautiful and can i see more of her Right, right. Found their OnlyFans, and I did. Uh, it was a surprise. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever uh, tickles your pickle. You I ever guess. like, uh, like on Christmas, you ever, you know, get a present, you unwrap it, and then what's inside is not what you expect. Yeah, like you, you, you get a box, you think it's a Play-Doh barbershop, but you open it up, and it's actually a big fat cock instead. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have my that's Santa Claus. Sometimes he just razzes you, you know, just a, a real josher, a real pud puller. He knows what say. you really want. 
that is what I asked for, to be fair, at the mall. I was like, could you throw me one of these? And then old, old Nicholas, he, uh, he gave me what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, is uh, the softest part of the ring home? Uh, she's not. She's at work, as we are. Oh. Is, for people listening, it's a Friday at 11 a.m., and I am working from home. So I, I'm monitoring my email as we do this. Proud of you. Still nothing. Multitasking. Multitasking. But uh, anyways, speaking of Big Fat Cox, we got King of the Ring 1996. What do you think of the show, man? Has it? Have you? Uh, what was the last time you watched this? If you have, I'm assuming you have. Uh, honestly, it was only like a year ago. So uh, as you know, uh, there's this podcast on Patreon called Return to Wrestling that I may or may not be a part of where we cover old WCW. Not like we're not doing what you do here where you, you, know, you got this awesome thing where you're covering the entire wars and everything. Travis is just like, hey fuck you, let's watch a bunch of Hulk Hogan because I know you hate him. So that's what we've been doing. And uh, I, on my own, not for the podcast, was like, you know what? I kind of want to see what WWF is doing at the same time. So let me go back and check some of the shit out. Now, uh, I overestimated the amount of wrestling that I cover in a week and how much I could handle. So I didn't get too far past this, but I did get up to this point. So I was kind of watching it back i'm like oh yeah i remember everything that was going on when i watched this last year so i was pretty fresh in like the stories and everything yeah it's an interesting time i mean there's a lot of i mean stone cold very new at this point mark marrow just debuted mcfoley just debuted johnny b bad's here we got a blaster we (laughs) we had the bad move the bad day i mean all of his bad stuff but no bad blaster Mm -hmm. which is kind of upsetting it's all in the blaster as they say, but uh, we may or may not have a few things that happen on the show, but I guess I guess we will get to it. But I mean, overall, do you spit the show? Do you swallow it? Do you swirl it in your mouth or do you spit it into someone else's mouth and let it seep into your belly button? Um, the, the last part, yes, because of Goldust Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> uh, that match specifically is swallow worthy. I'll tell you this. So I threw this show at you, not really knowing what the card was, other than like the the tournament <laughs> yeah. matches, obviously. And I looked yeah. at the card. I was like, God damn, this is the perfect show. For <laughs> God damn it, dude. This is just. But yeah, I, well, I would assume it, you would it's swallow that. that. It's, you know, um, the cucking that we have in the main event. That's that whole story going on. Is it is it cucking? I thought it was just like cheating. Like, well, an affair. I mean. We'll get into the semantics of the situation, but is cheating just forced cucking? <sighs> it's only cheating if your spouse doesn't know, but clearly British Bulldog is fully aware. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, okay. And <laughs> I wasn't cheating on you, honey. I told you about this. That's essentially what cucking is. I told you I was going to fuck somebody else. Okay. Don't worry, dear. I'm just cucking you. Mm-hmm. I'll keep that in mind. I'll note this one down. I know. I know you're just gonna like name this King of the Ring or whatever, but we could also like side name this the Cuckening. The Cuckening. I do you like know Halloween's that. coming up. Yeah. What? Oh, Halloween's like coming up. Yeah. <laughs> See, there you go. Look at you right here. <laughs> Is that the season of cucking? No, I'm unfamiliar. Yeah. I, I just do pumpkins and stuff. But I. You didn't realize that people only cuck in October. Is that what Dios de la, de la Muerto is or whatever the hell? Yes, yes. It's just Hispanic for cucking in October. Oh, I see. See, we're learning. Yeah. It's, what an educational experience this is. Why Vince told me on? that. So if I'm wrong, you guys can blame my co-host. 
I mean, if there's ever a representation of Mexican cucking, it is Vince Delgado. So at, at SES Vince on Twitter and Instagram, send him your hit thoughts. Him hit him yeah. up. He loves it. He loves it. Well, uh, first of all, before we even get into the uh, the meat and potatoes of this match, we got a we got a dark match, which I thought was pretty interesting. It's Aldo Montoya versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Who uh, rumor rumor and innuendo suggests that he was slated to win this tournament, but had to go and uh, hug his buddies in a steel cage, and now he's in a dark match facing Justin. Credible, at least he wins. <laughs> but so so essentially, what you're saying is because Vince is very homophobic, he's punishing Hunter Hearst Helmsley for embracing other men in the ring. That's a good point. See. Everyone says that it's, you know, breaking kayfabe and oh, fraternizing oh yeah, well. with the enemy. But I think that's actually a more reasonable thought that Vince just hates hugs. Yeah, he does. I mean, damn near fired Titus O'Neil for barely touching him. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> he's, he's the Ahmed Johnson of because uh, they're both wet and muscular. That's what I'm saying. So oh, no other common thread there. <laughs> No, no, they both wrestle. They both are bald. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they both suck in the ring. That's that's about all I got. So, um, but Triple H is in the dark match, but the free for all match. Which, by the way, have you ever seen the free for all match? I couldn't. Really no, I've not. Anywhere. I say I couldn't find it anywhere, but I had no interest in researching the Body Donnas versus the New Rockers. So, no, no. Mm-mm. Which rockers do you prefer, the original or the new ones with uh, Leaf Cassidy? <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to go with the original, just because Leaf Cassidy doesn't really get good till he starts getting head or giving head. He gives kind head, of, right? Yeah. He, I think he probably takes it on occasion, but I think he mainly is a giver. Yeah, he 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 brings head with him. He gives it. You know, what does everybody want? What does everybody need? He knows what's up. Um, back to Aldo Montoya, though. Have you? Uh, I know, I know Justin Incredible has not sent you a book, but have you been right. able to contact Aldo Montoya to see if he can get you a copy of that book? You know, I never really thought about that. That's actually a really good point. I'll research him. Do you have his email by any chance? Uh, I do. I will. Uh, I'll shoot to you in a DM after the show, because like when I can't get a hold of Sami Zayn, I always just message El Generico and he uh, passes the message along, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. He just says Olay and then that's about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think it's. All yeah, it well. That's confirmation. Yeah, that's something. That's something. Well, we uh, after Cloudy, which I've I've never heard of Cloudy before. <laughs> I saw this last, and she, but she's a she's a handsome gal. She's the the new the new second or the third the new manager for the Body Donnas. As Sunny is out, Sunny's now with the uh, Smoking Guns. And now the Body Donnas got Cloudy. A, uh, so Cloudy. Um, Outside of the gimmicks, because uh, I actually did do some research. I was like, who the fuck is this? Uh, wrestler by the name of Jim Shoulders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, do you think uh, it's just coincidence that it was cloudy, or did that have something to do with the fact that their other manager was Sonny? No. Well, they really made it pretty incognito because they didn't spell it like you would think. Do you know how cloudy no. is spelt? Is it spelled with an I? K L O U D I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a real porn star name. 
cloudy. I mean, I prefer my corn spelled with K too, so I get it. Mortal Kombat with K. Uh, like, yeah. It's a thing. It yeah. was the 90s. Do love me some corn, but speaking of corn, we got some corn coppers here. We got Mark Marrow versus, actually, it kind of fits in. Johnny be better. Mark Marrow versus Steve Austin in the first semifinal match for the King of the Ring tournament here. So we got uh, Steve Austin, who has just broken away from the million dollar man, has just dropped that whole ringmaster deal. And he even debuted the stunner the previous week. So we're fresh into this era of Steve Austin here. Taking on the wild man. Did did they both? Did Mark Merrill do a stunner in this one? Well, he brought one to the ring. Uh, You mean the homely sable? Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) uh, a hose bag, if you will. Well, no, you see, well, because first Owen Hart on commentary joining Vince McMahon. And Jim Ross, which, by the way, I very much enjoyed Owen Hart's commentary. I didn't think I would for whatever reason, because not not every charismatic wrestler translates into a good commentator like Mr. Perfect, for example. Uh, but Owen had some funny lines, he says, because Owen was in the King of the Ring tournament and he lost to I don't even remember. He lost to Ahmed Johnson, maybe. No, it was Mark Merrow. Was it Mark? Mar- it was Mark Merrow. That's yeah, why. That's, that's why, why he was. Yeah, and that's why he was so pissed at Sable and called her a hose bag and homely and everything. He blamed her for getting involved right. and costing him the match. Yeah, and because Owen attacked Mark Merrow after the match by jumping off the apron and and hitting him with his cast that he has on his arm. But Owen says that he he was just eagerly trying to congratulate Mark Merrow and he slipped and fell on him, which I thought was pretty funny. Um. But he says, Austin, he's like, Austin, you don't see Austin coming out here with any hose bag or anything like that, which is just great stuff here. But um, not yet. Wait till Deborah shows up. Oh, boy. Well, she's busy. Oh, uh, dude, I am so sorry for you, by the way. Why is that? Because I, I listen to this show, right? And I know you're all excited. I'm you're sorry. like, the NWO's here. It's coming. There's oh. still so much fucking bad for you to trudge through. And Deborah is a lot of it. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Well, I was on Return to Wrestling, this is probably like two years ago at this point, when we covered the build to Bash at the Beach 96. So I'm f- somewhat familiar with that. I just got to where Deborah kind of comes into the fold. So i somewhat oh, familiar, no, they, but I'm sure it gets They start worse. giving her mic time, and it's fucking awful. Hoo-wee! Does she make any cookies? No. No. None of these. No. Yeah. That's not till Steve Austin comes around. But mm-hmm. Yeah. But, not uh, even a puppy to puppy to be shown. They were um, what's smaller than a puppy? A uh, kitten? No, that's a different thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's, she probably has a kitten at that point. I mean, you don't really just grow one. Uh, would it be a uh, what are the what are the um, like the miniatures? Aren't they called something? Chihuahuas, mini dogs. Um, let's see here. Smaller than a dog or puppy. I think, I think it kind of just starts at puppy. No, I when they're born. Yeah. But they do have like versions of like, you can get like a mini Rottweiler or some shit where it's like mm. a very tiny version of what's supposed to be a bigger dog. Like you just blend it with a Corgi. Yeah. They shrink it small. like fucking honey. I shrunk the kids with the little Ray and shit. That's the dream. That's the yeah. dream. Well, no shrinking here. I'm only getting engorged watching Mark Merrow and Steve Austin here because I thought this was probably 
maybe the match of the night. I mean, it was kind of a slower start, but I think like the ending stretch of this match is pretty fun. What the fuck did you watch? There was one match of the night, sir. There's only one match of the night, and it was not this one. It involved <laughs> it involved caressing. It involved the, uh, uh, a lot of sweat and paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did Vince say? It was the uh, histonics of gold dust. Is that the word? Yeah. Histronics? I didn't. Whatever. Vince also said that uh, he thinks that Sable lends a great deal of oral support for uh, Mark Merrow. Oh, what do you think he meant by that? Uh, that she's very vocal ringside. Nothing oh. to do with blowjobs at all. I, I don't I don't think that was innuendo. I think he was. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Steve Austin's here. He's bald. <laughs> um, it's interesting watching early Stone Cold here because he's like, almost what he would be like the Luthez press he throws out here, but it's not like the rapid fire punches after he just like throws his body through marrow. And it's like the stunner is still very clunky, but he's like figuring all these, all these things out, which is fun to watch. But he's also a much better technical wrestler here. Like after uh, our commentator, Owen Hart drops him on his neck and fucks him up. He, he relies a lot more on brawling. Whereas this era of stone cold before that happens, you see a lot more suplexes and, you know, actual in-ring work. It's not punches and kicks and middle fingers and he fanfare. can take bumps. He can, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I totally agree. And a lot of this match is kind of just like a methodical breakdown of Mark Merrow. He's like using the ring post Austin is, and he's scraping his face across the top rope, like all the old school heel shit. Uh, Classes, grab. Classic ice dagger. Ice Dagger, Frosty McFreeze, vintage Frosty McFreeze, I think. Yep. Um, but at some point, Austin's mouth gets busted open. I forgot to go back and check when that happened. Did you catch when that happened? <clears throat> it was near kind of the end of the match. Uh, they actually pointed it out. I think Merrow threw like a back elbow or something and split him open, and then it just kind of got worse. But that that is why he ends up going to the hospital mm-hmm. um, and missing what Jake the Snake says, which is, you know, I don't know if anyone's heard this Austin 316 promo. It's not, you know, it's not like they have shirts or anything for it. I've never heard of Austin 316, yeah. so. But uh, apparently, you know, later on, Jake will, you know, say some things and Austin will come back and be like, what do you say? And they're like, oh, he talked about the Bible. He's like, all right, cool. And then did his thing, so. Yeah, I think it kind of worked out. Um, But yeah, Marrow, I mean, he is the wild man after all. So he's throwing out all his planches to the outside, missile drop kicks. The bad mood, the bad day. Hearn can run from the top rope. Um, is not able to put Austin away, though, because Stone Cold hits him with the stun gun, which is like a power bump. Well, he usually does it, does it like a just a lift onto the mm-hmm. ropes, like onto the throat. But it's like a power bomb version of it. And then follows it up with the Stone Cold Stunner for the win. So Austin moves on to the finals. And uh, we'll see if he makes it... Uh, Makes it to the king of the ring. We'll see. I, I doubt it. Probably not. I mean, he's got some pretty stiff com- competition in, uh, I mean, potentially between either Jake Roberts or Vader in this yeah. next semifinal match. This so, is, yeah, go ahead. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I keep interrupting you, and I feel bad, Kyle. I know, no, I know you just want to I, I, talk. I, I know you just want to talk about matches, and I'm here to talk about like dicks and religion and shit. So I um, never talk about dicks. I, I really don't appreciate the crass talk, personally. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I, I'm sorry. Um, I, I thought it was funny. Um, and you probably won't. It's stupid. No one's gonna laugh. But I, I made this note. It's ironic that Jake found God is doing this whole Bible thing, but then he carries a snake down to the ring, seeing as in the bible the snakes the one that tempted eve and fucked up humanity and all of that so it's kind of weird that he's still doing the snake gimmick after you know reading the bible and doing all that dumb shit how many people do you think here in milwaukee made that connection well it's wisconsin so zero are you sure i thought it was because it was the brewers king made a reference to the brewers wait did i say milwaukee wisconsin oh no it is milwaukee's a city yeah wisconsin's it's not a state. A state it's within wisconsin yeah. Yeah, that is correct. I don't really pay attention to like the center of the like what happens, you know, it's just a bunch. No, of there's sh- nothing over there. No, no. It's no. like trees and shit, but Chicago, nothing important. What's that? But um, we got Jake Roberts. We got Vader. We got Jake saying that the Lord above is going to carry him through this. And uh, they show a little recap of Jake Roberts in 1996 beating Triple H and Bradshaw to make his way to the, the semifinals here. Not a very long match here. Uh, Vader gets locked into the DDT. Jake Roberts hits the DDT on Vader, but Vader grabs the ref on the way down and the ref disqualifies Vader. What do you think of that call? I mean, if Vader groped me, I think I disqualify him as well. I mean, look, Owen, Owen Hart says it. And it's like when you're getting DDT'd, you're just going to grab for whatever. And the ref happened to be in the way. So I think it's the ref's fault at the end of the day. I don't see any reason. So to- what you're saying is when getting DD, when you're when you're seeing someone get DDT'd, mm-hmm. uh, make sure that your cock is not within arm's length of the person getting DDT'd. I mean, generally, um, sometimes you can't help it. Sometimes your cock just finds its way there. So it does. But I think that's a general principle that everybody should follow. Um, unless you don't have a cock, of course. Well, Mike Kyoto's kind of a bitch anyway at this point in time. Why do you say that? I can see him. <laughs> uh, he just he comes off that way. Like, he, oh, he touched me. You're disqualified. Fuck you, bro. Like, Vader's a strong man. He, did you see how far Kyoto flew? He flew damn near out of the ring from just getting touched by Vader. Like I said, he's a little bitch. Maybe Vader's is very strong. You ever think about that? He's a, he's a mastodon. He grows up. He becomes a cool guy later, but for now. Yeah. Well, we got a a post-match PHJ. I mean, a PHJ uh, Dude, from Vader. Vader pounded Jake harder than a porn star on the casting couch. That's pretty hard. That's pretty hard. I mean, I'm just picturing Jake Roberts in a casting couch now, and I'm struggling to think of anything else. Why am I so fucking bright? Got the sun came out. Hold on a second. I think the, the, the Lord above is just looking, looking upon me. I was just going to say, I think you're about to get smited for having me on the show. <laughs> well, Vader smited Jake Roberts, even though he lost, but uh, broke the ribs, I guess, of Jake Roberts. You're going to see him later in the show getting tape around his old brittle ribs. He's only 41. Uh, he's seven years younger than Shelton Benjamin is now, but he's an old piece of shit, I guess, in 1990s. That's 90s wrestling period. Hogan's an old piece of shit. Macho Man's an old yeah. piece of shit. 
Jake's an old piece of shit. Anyone, I'm almost there. I'm 36. So I've got like four mm. more years before I'm just an old piece of shit. Right. Well, you can still win King of the Ring, I guess, at your age. That's what shows. That's what Jake Roberts is showing you now. now I think he okay. might win. I think he might win this thing. I think he could pull it out, the snake. Uh, before we get to the finals, we got a little tag team title action. We got the ass men, the smoking guns, Bart and Billy, accompanied by Sonny, of course, against the Godwins, the team of Henry O. Godwin and Phineas I. Godwin with Hillbilly Jim. Hog and Pig. And uh, what do Hog and Pig bring out? You guessed it. A goat or a couple goats, not pigs. Hey, 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 hey. Be nice to their girlfriends. That's not... If you had to fuck an animal, what would you what would you have sex with? <laughs> I'm talking, I'm looking at these goats. Look, I don't want to fuck a goat. I want to make that perfectly clear. I do not want to have sex with any kind of animal other than humans. But I had to. I mean, I mean these look these look like baby goats, so maybe not these ones specifically. Uh yeah, thoughts. You really struck me more as a horse kind of guy than a goat kind of guy, but uh, good to know. I mean, uh, it's too much for me, man. Yeah. What do you think? I'm not yeah. a size queen like you. I think you could handle it. People have been fucked to death by horses. So hell of a way to go. <laughs> Going doing what you love, I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. Fuck it. Speaking of which, we got. Uh, oh, yeah. You talked about cloudy, but we got sunny out here. I guess that's also, you know, a good segue. Um, I think Sonny ever fucked a horse. I guarantee she has. <laughs> um, probably on OnlyFans for 20 bucks. Um, but 1996, Sonny. 1996, Sable. If you had to choose one. Probably Sonny. Sonny has that, yeah. that girl next door kind of vibe to her. Whereas Sable is kind of, she's not as scuzzy as she would end up being. But um, not scuzzy. Scuzzy is probably the wrong word. She's she's not well, as like brassy, like I'm Sable, like, you know, well, I was going to say, I, I'm kind of with you on that, because as Sable evolves, she gets kind of like high maintenance almost like, mm. yeah, she I mean, she's in Playboy and she's got that Pamela Anderson vibe and body to her and everything. But she almost seems like a little too high maintenance, whereas Sunny feels like she'd sit down, have a beer with you, blow you in, you know, the back of your truck. And mm. but she's still really cute. At this point, it yes. does not last. What's your, what's your favorite version of Sunny? Body Donna's, Smoking Guns, LOD 2000. Um, DUI. I think uh, DUI Sunny is probably my favorite because that's the most accessible. No, yeah, like, that's a good point. I have a chance with DUI Sunny. <laughs> I mean, Sunny today, I mean, would you? Well, Prison Sunny, that's a little different. I think she's got other options now, you know. Oh, she's going to. She's gonna be running that town. Let me tell you. Well, no, I'd probably say I'd probably say um, smoking guns or yeah, probably smoking guns, Sonny. Mm, yeah, you like you're, you're you seem like a cowboy kind of uh, kind of cosplayer, kind of uh, save a horse, ride a whore, or something like that. What's that I, song? Save a horse, ride a cowboy. What did you say? <laughs> what? Save a horse, ride a whore. <laughs> what? Okay. Well, I don't have a lot to say about this match itself. Uh, I think Sonny's kind of the star here, but ultimately we got, uh, first of all, I think we got the first famouser here. Maybe I could be wrong. 
what Billy throws it out or the rocker dropper. I think he would rock a Billy dropper. I don't know. Uh, the, the, the Godwins towards the end, the, the Godwins get whipped into each other, but they do a little do si and come back at the guns. But the guns ultimately win when Bart takes his boot off and hits Phineas in the back of the head, because I guess he's just not flexible enough to just kick him with his boot. But the guns win and they retain the tag team titles. So if I remember correctly, uh, Sonny left. Uh, is Was it Skip or Zip? Which one's uh, Skip? Skip. Okay. Sonny left Skip for Pig. Uh-huh. And then she dumped Pig uh, so she could get tag team by guns. Yep. And that's where we're at. Is that a firing squad? And then it is. Uh, and then Skip said, you know what? I'm going to replace Sonny with Cloudy because that's more what I'm into. Look, I'm not here to kink shame. So. No, not at all. I'm just I'm clarifying the story and the, the flow of things. Yeah. Yeah. Zip strikes me as a guy that would be in the Cloudy. You know, Dr. Tom Pritchard. That. I mean, he seems yeah. like it seems to just make sense. Cloudy days are ahead. Am I right or am I wrong, fellas? <laughs> Well, you think Dr. Pritchard's had some cloudy days? Where was our cloudy days promo? God damn it. Big missed opportunity. Maybe it's coming. Is cloudy still around? Is, <laughs> is Jim shoulders still around? Do we reprise this gimmick? Well, I don't know about cloudy days, but we got distrucity coming up here. We got the ultimate warrior versus Jerry Lawler. I see. I watched these Rawls leading up to Mm -hmm. the show. I still don't understand why these guys are fighting. I think Jerry Lawler just doesn't like the Warrior. And the Warrior, I mean, look, Jerry Lawler drew a portrait of the Warrior. He offered offered it to him as a peace offering because Lawler cost Warrior his King of the Ring match. But Warrior called him an asshole or or whatever, and then... Lawler hits him in the head with this portrait. The glass shatters, and it's a whole thing. And now we have this match. It's a lot going on here. What do you think of this whole debacle? This was the worst match on the fucking card. Um, <laughs> I, I realized this watching this, um, and I, I apologize to Travis because I know he loves uh, the character work and everything that the Ultimate Warrior was, but essentially uh warrior just does jazzercise the entire match that is his offense he just bumps into people while jazzercising in the middle of the ring Mm -hmm. um also i'm not i'm fairly certain that the crux of this feud was that he thought jerry lawler was either gay for drawing pictures you know artistic right or um maybe he confused him for a minority (laughs) because those are the two things he really hates (laughs) right right well i think a warrior just hates most things actually so uh kings being one of them so wait no he, he's, he's an artist right lawler is and warrior yeah. calls him a con artist <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean he did kill a shit ton of time before this match calling the fans ugly fat strippers yep. uh said one girl was so ugly she turns men into people like gold dust which i don't know what that means because like i'm all listen gold dust is what we should all strive to be you know like mm-hmm open accepting androgynous exactly gold lots of paint caressing people that get in your way yeah what 
Um, but uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, this warrior in 1996 and beyond is uh, he be, he belongs in the 80s or the early 90s. This his jazzercise routine, as you put it, his stupid clotheslines, his shitty shoulder blocks. I mean, this just. The crowd seems kind of into it, I guess, but like ultimately, it's just uh, it's a short match, of course it is. Uh, Lawler pile drives Warrior, Warrior no no sells it, Hulk's up, and then just does his again just his stupid clotheslines where he doesn't even follow through. He just puts his arm out and runs at him, and then wins with a shoulder block, and uh, gets the win here. So, but this is like. <laughs> Yep. Gotta love a good shoulder block finish. Uh, that, we need to bring that back. More shoulder block, really more do. atomic drop finishes. We need to just, we need to pull back these hands of time, I think. Um, But yeah, ultimately, I mean, Warrior, I think he has a, an appearance or two on Raw after this show, but this is, I mean, and, and at the end of the show as well, but ultimately, this is, ultimately, ultimately, this is kind of the finish of his WWF run. Until well, no, he's got to go to WCW. Right, his WWF run though. Yeah, um, you know because NWO and then OWN, One Warrior Nation, baby. Ew, is that what he says? Oh yeah. Oh man, you're just making me not want to keep watching WCW. <laughs> Don't worry, that's like I think that's like ninety. That's either late ninety eight or ninety nine. You got a ways to go. Hooey. Well, got something to look forward to, I guess. But uh, yeah, so it's unclear if the story, like just in my brief wikipedia research here warrior i guess he missed a couple house shows allegedly taking time to grieve the death of his father but then vince claimed that warrior had not seen his father in 10 years so it's like well you all does that matter i don't know man but um then warrior's like no 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 it's because you never paid me for my merchandise percentage so now now i I'm not showing up, but ultimately a warrior gets canned at, uh, pretty soon after this. So, yeah, you think he had any other value to the WWF at this point, though, if you were to stick around? He didn't have any value to the WWF at this point. <laughs> he could have, you know, he, uh, he came in, he assaulted some uh, questionable characters that uh, WWF may or may not have pa- painted in a certain light. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he left, you know, in a homophobic rage. Arrive, be homophobic, leave. That's a t-shirt. Yeah. That's a t-shirt. This is this. I know you talked about this. So this is after the the gold dust thing, right? Where like they sat in the ring and he smoked cigars and yes, that yeah. to me was worse than this. Oh, it definitely was. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, if it's just going to be more of this. Yeah, it's like he's not going to be having any twenty minute classics with Shawn Michaels, I guess. So it's might as well just yeah. See you later. But someone that may have a little more value is your boy Mankind versus your other boy, The Undertaker. Their their first singles match, I believe, unless they I don't think they had one on Raw. Um, but their first pay-per-view singles match for sure. In a uh what goes on to be a uh whole catalog of great matches here. Um, so in your house. Beware of Dog, the previous pay-per-view. Mankind cost Undertaker the Intercontinental Championship, which is just funny to say. Um, it was Taker versus Goldust in a casket match, but that goddamn Mankind was in the casket, locked in that paralyzing hold, 
onto the Undertaker, put him in the casket, and then Goldust won. And Mankind also cost Undertaker his King of the Ring match by making him getting counted out. That's why we're here. That's why we're queer. Yes? I decided to raise my hand and be polite instead of interrupting you. I wanted you to finish. <laughs> um, I need to know exactly how the mandible claw works as a paralyzing hold because I'm trying to figure out what spot in my mouth's wife I can hit uh-huh. for that effect. <laughs> I think you got to reach it, though, is the problem. I will figure something out. <laughs> you'll, you'll extend it, Listen, right? They they have listen. Uh, this isn't my show. I'm not going to plug you know our no, sponsors, do. but please there do. there are places you can go and uh, use promo codes and things like that, like creationworld.adamandeve.com or adamandeve.creationworld.com, um, where you can get things that will help you know hit that spot. You know, a little assistance if you're not quite there. Is it like a like a like a attachment? It, it's something like that, yeah. Code Erotica, by the way, if you want to use it. Um, 50% like, off, free shipping. Like putting a silencer on a gun, you just and put it on the end, and then it curves and vibrates? Yeah, and I mean, it, it's more like a sheath for your sword that oh. makes your sword a little longer. Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. I see. Man, longer the days of just, you know, throwing a pump on it and increasing it over time, right? Yeah, people gave up on that. That was way too much work. Yeah. Have you ever used a fleshlight, by the way? I've never used a fleshlight. I have used a penis pump before. Like, I'll tell you this. You'll never feel more silly than using a fleshlight. It's just fucking a flashlight. That's what it is. And then you have to clean it. You got to throw it in the dishwasher. Your wife asks what it is. You say, oh, I don't know. It's a thing. It's a, it's a weight. Can you... Can- Please tell me you put it in the dishwasher when the dishwasher was empty, not with. <laughs> now, to be honest, I never used it. I, just, I looked at it like in the moment I pre- like I had a Spencer's gift card. It's like, what am I going to buy from Spencer's? So I bought it. I got it. I was like, this is dumb. Then never used it. I don't even know where it is. I think I might have thrown it away or maybe it's still in my childhood bedroom or something. And who knows? <laughs> but, uh, just for just for your mom to find at some point. I hope she wouldn't know what it is, but could you imagine your mom? Like there's, there's power outage. She's looking for a flashlight. She goes in your room. She grabs that thing and tries to turn it on. Yeah. In the dark. She's like, why isn't this working? She's smacking it against her hand. It's recoiling. (laughs) Well, we got no flashlights here, but we do have a pretty gosh darn good wrestling match here between mankind undertaker. Of course, the chemistry between these two, even though this is their first match. I mean, us, of course, in hindsight, know what they would go on to do. I don't know. Do you think, do you think mankind, do you think they saw anything in mankind at this point? Or do you think he was just kind of like another monster for Undertaker to conquer? I mean, depending on who you ask. So JR was uh, talent relations, and I'm sure we've all heard the story of how Vince let JR hire Mick Foley because he wanted JR to learn about disappointment and that, you know, not everyone you think is good is going to be good. And God was Vince wrong. Um, yeah. I don't think Vince saw anything yet. But listen, as bad as WCW still is going to be for probably the rest of the year for you outside of some of the NWO shit, you've got some really good WWF coming up. I mean, you've got boiler room brawls between these mm-hmm. two. You've got Paul Bearer turning on Mankind. You're going to get the uh, the Mankind promos with Vince, the interviews. 
where he kind of lets us into him. Like there's a lot of really good taker mankind coming down the pipe very soon for you. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as taker, Shawn Michaels and some other good shit. So you, you're in for a treat. When does gold um, dust become his mommy? Or have we passed that? I don't know. That's that's what I'm waiting for is, yeah. is mankind and gold dust. But, um, so I don't know that they saw that. Obviously, they see something in Taker, and Taker's going to be around for a long, long time and mm-hmm. uh, is my favorite wrestler of all time uh, character as well. Um, the only notes I really took on this was uh, Taker can't defeat Mankind because Mankind's obsessed with fingering Taker's mouth hole. Um, mm-hmm. Hard to overcome that. He hasn't figured out a way out yet. Yeah. Um, and that uh, a slobber knocker is just big, meaty men slapping meat in 1996. Right. Right. You know, we've evolved. Finger is it finger banging if it's in the mouth? It still is, yes. Yeah, no, I guess. I guess why wouldn't it be right? Yeah, you can mouth fuck somebody with your. Uh... Yeah, good to know. Yeah, definitely uh... finger bang. <laughs> finger bang bang. That's what he means. To, oh, what he says, bang bang. Yeah, that's what he. That's what he means. He's gonna bang See, you with these. Little li- listen, there are three faces of foley, and they're all about fingering. Now that's a t-shirt that's a t-shirt no context just just say that also that chair shot he took to the head like there were some so my note here on this match it was a, it was a it was a fun match to watch but there was a lot of like ecw influences in this match whereas at this point in wwf you didn't you didn't see chair shots barely rarely did but we're getting not only are we getting like the cactus elbow off the apron to the floor we're getting you know, mankind pulls out a chair. He gets it booted into his face. We got people getting backdropped on the concrete floor. Um, but the yeah, Taker's chair shot was it the back of the head? He hit him. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I guess he might have been going for the back, but oops, whoops, a daisy. Um, but nah, Foley's been through worse, I guess. And that's what's crazy to me is like, don't get me wrong, CT is a real thing and it's a problem. We know that we're going to see that in later years and all of that through football and yeah. wrestlers and. The fact that mankind doesn't have the brain of, you know, a vegetable at this point from the chair shots and everything, like the mush that his right. brain should be is incredible. I mean, he's he's a New York bestselling author. He's very articulate. Like if you ever hear his interviews or his podcast, it's it's got to just fall off a cliff at some point. But yeah, it's he's, he thinks he's, he's Santa. So that might be a little bit of it. That might be what. Yeah, that's probably yeah. the wires. That's that's a little loose. Um. I guess that's as good as you can hope for, I guess. But he's here squealing, squealing like a pig, which is a great is a great character choice. I thought. Are you familiar with uh, the the movie? Uh, I don't know if you've heard this. It was from the seventies. Uh, the The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I am familiar. Yes, I've never seen it, but I'm familiar. Uh, Leatherface, uh, the the main character, and that squeals like a pig, and that was always my thought, and kind of. I did a show with uh, this guy, Will Gray. I don't know if you've heard of him. Botched spots and chair shots. Great guy. Uh, I love yeah. him. Great yeah, guy. he's fun. Um, yeah, he cooks. Uh, we did a thing called Horror Movies and Waffles, and we compared wrestlers to horror movie characters because we both love those two things. And I always said, Mankind, who is his favorite wrestler, very much like Leatherface, especially this era of Mankind with the squealing and the torture and kind of like beaten down and yeah. No, I mean, it was, I mean, he's pulling his hair out of his head. He's just all the mannerisms. And then, I mean, even outside of the promos he's done outside of this match. I mean, it's just like, I mean, this version of mankind 
against all of the iterations of Mick Foley, the Cactus Jacks, the the different versions of Mankind, the dude loves the Mick Foley's. I mean, I would probably put this at the top of his work character wise. Oh, yeah. I mean, his, his later you know, ECW stuff was really good, too. Um, but yeah, awesome Kane stuff. Dewey, Kane Dewey, man, those promos in ECW were just magical. We covered that because I asked you to. I said Dewey's another word, or another name for Dwayne, and I asked you to cane your cat for everybody. And ah, that's right. That's remember right. That? Yeah, you got that. You got that kendo stick. I know you said you don't remember anything that happens on your shows, but I I'd really like don't. to think that there's a special part in the back of your brain that remembers everything we do together. Yeah, it's kind of like um, it's like herpes, man. You know, your your voice enters my ear hole, and it just stays there. No matter what creams you use, you might be able to tame it. You try. It's always there. It's always there. Um, but we got mankind here. Probably. I mean, he might have herpes. I don't know. Um, but he's throwing tantrums. He's pulling out his hair. Paul Bearer, who's there, of course, with the Undertaker, has the urn. Foley grabs the urn, goes to hit Undertaker with it. But then Paul takes it from him. But then a comedy of errors happens. And Paul Bearer accidentally hits Taker with the urn. And mankind locks in a paralyzing mandible claw for the win. So mouth hole fingered. Mouth hole fingered is what this show should be called. But a pretty a clean ish win for mankind here. So it's clearly they see something in them. But if you're listening to this, when when is this going to drop? Like four weeks from now? Uh, during the next presidency, sometime I think. Okay, so uh, when when you, Kyle finally releases this. I need you guys all to go in the comments of this on either Twitter or wherever the fuck and let us know uh, what should we have called this episode? Mouth hole fingered or the cuckening? Which do you prefer? Well, given this next match, I think we might have a few more options on deck here. <laughs> we got, uh, I mean, it could be chocolate melting in your mouth. Who knows? But um, we got the Intercontinental Championship on the line here. So we see modern day. I mean, we have Gunther's the champion, longest reigning. He's having these great matches. He's very the Imperium, the big, the nice jaw, the handsome faces. I mean, it's just world beating stuff. But in 1996, we have Goldust, the champion versus Ahmed Johnson. Goldust remind you of anybody that you know? <clears throat> um, blue, blue dust. No, I wasn't thinking blue dust. Stardust. No, I wasn't thinking stardust either. What about stardust from Kiss? Or is this star? Is this <laughs> Star Child? Star Child. Isn't there a dust yeah, in there well, somewhere? I don't think so. Oh man, thought I had something. Yeah, I don't know. What about you, man? Well, Kyle, I have a friend that Goldust reminds me of uh, that wanted to stop by and talk to you about this match. So, yeah, tell me about it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is so nice to join Kyle. He, he tried to keep me off the show. I made it in for the Royal Rumble. I ran in at number 30 and fucked the shit out of him. And now I am here uh, to discuss the greatest match in professional wrestling history. The Ahmed's Johnson's or as the. Uh, as uh, uh, JR referred to him, the Big Bad Johnson, which is what I like to think of him as, versus uh, the greatest wrestler of all time, uh, the Gold Dust. 
so so let us let us analyze analytics all that all that fun shit what, what you got for me kyle so the match opens up first of all i gotta say rack mr rack if i could call you that um i, I i'm sure you would agree i think ahmed johnson is just very ungrateful See, he, 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 he was choked out on Raw, or, you know, he was put down by mankind. He got stretchered out. Goldust, the saint that he is, sees Ahmed Johnson in peril, decides to give him CPR to save his life. And ultimately, look, Ahmed Johnson got out of the stretcher. He seemed to have a lot of energy about him afterwards. So I think Ahmed Johnson really has no gripes with Goldust, and I think Goldust is really the victim here. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, not only do I agree, Kyle, I believe that there are a lot of similarities between you and uh, the Big Bad Johnson here because he, <clears throat> uh, thou dost protest too much. Uh, you you try and act as though you are not a fan of the rack, that you do not want the rack around. You keep telling that idiot Matt Ritter, do not, do not bring him on my show. He is this and that. Just like Ahmed Johnson was trying to pretend like he did not enjoy the mouth-to-mouth yet, he consented to an opportunity to be touched more by Goldust post the fact and then overly uh, tried to prove how dominant and mean he was and all mm. of that, that he wasn't enjoying what was going on, but clearly he was. He pretended to sleep later on in the match just to get another one. Um, would you rather, Kyle, mm. get mouth-to-mouth from Goldust, uh, Marlena, Post Cigar, or Ahmed Johnson? Who? Well, I, I really don't like cigars, actually. So I'm going to pass on Marlena. Probably, uh, I mean, it just sticks in your teeth, the smell, and can't have that. So it's really between Old Gold Dust and Ahmed Johnson. Gold Dust, look, when he, when he, when he puts his mouth on you, you just get gold shit everywhere. I mean, it's all over Ahmed Johnson here. It's You get the dust, you get the specks, and that's hard. You got to shampoo it out a bunch of times. That's just a whole ordeal. Personally, the rack doesn't mind somebody making a mess of their mouth, but uh, continue. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Ahmed Johnson, um, I feel like he just has really, like, lips that would caress you, much in a similar manner that Goldust caressed Ahmed Johnson here in this wrestling contest. I feel like Ahmed Johnson, while on the outside, kind of portrays himself as a big, bad you know, dude of a very muscular, aggressive man who wants to hurt people. I think at the end of the day, you know, he kind of just wants to get somebody in bed, kind of hold them, make them feel safe and protect them. And I feel like he's a very uh, giving lover. Not, I mean, we're not talking about having sex here, but I mean, you know, whatever happens, happens. So that being said, I would pick to be mouth to mouth by Ahmed Johnson. Uh, the rack agrees with you, actually. Uh, the lips and everything like that. Uh, he reminds him of uh, my lover, the wreak havoc, my, my my sexy milk dud over there from Young Kings Wrestling, right? Uh, with the lips and the beautifulness. So uh, yeah, no, I'm at Johnson, hundred percent. Well, we're on the same page there, rack. So I don't, I really don't know why I've been pushing back on you coming on the show because it seems like we're just one and the same, two peas in a pod. Some may say. I I, I agree, sugar tits. Let's go. Well. We got some sugar tits here. I mean, Goldust, among the wrestling, I think his whole game's premised in the mind game. So it's like, you know, some people pin their opponent with a lateral press, a small package, perhaps. 
uh, Goldust opts to fondle his, uh, let's say, his swimsuit area uh, and then approaches his shoulder region very slowly and sensually to make the pin. But Ahmed Johnson's able to kick out, um, suggesting to me that maybe he likes it, perhaps. Maybe he wants uh, more versions, maybe more position changes. See, this is this is where we are again on the same page. Because clearly, if he wanted this to end, if he did not enjoy it, he would have just laid there, let the three count be done, and then move the fuck on. But he was like, right. you know what? This is not done. Uh, I need to flip over and let you do this from the backside. You know, you have not kissed me yet. And again, uh, very important consent, ladies and gentlemen. Very important. And Ahmed Johnson consented to this match, which means he consented to everything that was going to happen in this match. Right. Absolutely. We get more caressing. I think Goldust, because Ahmed at one point is just prone on his face and Goldust is like rubbing his shoulder and kissing it, which I don't know what uh, the offensive uh, purpose of that was in the context of a wrestling match. Um, Perhaps maybe just more mind games. Maybe that's why he's the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, it is my general experience that caressing and kissing of the shoulder tends to make you weak in the knees. So I think that was the offensive capability oh. with trying to take his feet out from under him, maybe get him onto his knees for his next maneuver. It's interesting because generally when in wrestling, when a wrestler wants to chop down their opponent, they might use like a kick to the knee. They might use a chop block, perhaps a figure four. But you're saying that gold dust is really just opting to take more of a neurological approach and and breaking them down from the top to the butt to the bottom i see i see he's there's just more so way, far ahead there's more than one way to fuck this pig kyle that's what my mother always told me so we're really just kind of uh using those those lessons here so i can't can't blame you there um so ahmed at one point gets locked in the sleeper hold by gold dust it's a very confusing series of unfortunate events here because gold dust Chokes him out, essentially. He's sleeping on the on the canvas. But Goldust, maybe he's just having some remorse. He's like, why did I put this guy to sleep? So he's trying to revive him through the use of mouth-to-mouth CPR, resuscitation, what have you. Um, and look, Ahmed arose from his slumber. So really, the technique by Goldust is unmatched, I think. I take or, issue with this. Uh, do you? I, 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 listen, Goldust uh, was above, on top of, over the Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson's shoulders were on the mat. The fact that the referee did not take this as a pin count and start counting the one, two, three right. shows that he is inept and inadequate in his ability to do his job. That was clearly a mouth pin, uh, which is a valid pin. The rack has used it many times to win many a match. Mm-hmm. Right. That, is that your finishing move, the mouth pin? No, uh, the rack's finishing move is uh, the people's low blow. Oh, how does that go? Um, so have you seen uh, the, the 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 people's elbow? Some guy named Dwayne does it. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Never heard anyway, of him. Anyway, not as popular. So uh, imagine that, but instead, I just kind of stand above your head and do the Val Venus dance. Right. Then I hit the ropes, and then it is a fist drop to the nuts. Oh, I see. And you don't get disqualified. Maybe your federation just doesn't apply those rules. Or you just make sure uh, the ref is... I work on uh, the- I work under Raven's rules uh, where I do whatever the fuck I want and nobody says nothing. Right. So you, you're a clockwork orange house of fun type of guy. I hear you. I hear you. Well, apparently that's not the uh, the governing body in which this 
contest is being organized upon because Ahmed Johnson ar- arises from this mouth pin, grabs Goldust by the neck, starts beating him about the face and body, hits him with a spine buster, and then the Pearl River Plunge for the win. So we have a new intercontinental champion in Ahmed Johnson. So I'm sure this was to much of your displeasure, though, watching this. Listen, I do not like. I, I do not mind a black man going over uh, in any way, shape, or form. As as a matter of fact, generally prefer it in these kind of situations. Happy to see Ahmed Johnson get the title. Uh, I'm sure there are big things for him. WWF championships in his future. He seems like he is on the rise. Um, he is a little bit sweaty for the racks liking. Um, you know. But other than that, I was very happy for Ahmed. Like, listen, you can't win every every match. Sometimes you take it, sometimes you give it. It is what it is. This time, Goldust took it. it you know, sometimes you're bottom, sometimes you're top. So you would say you're 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 a verse fella. Yes. That's what, when you post on Craigslist. It's uh, it's it's MF for MF or, or how how does that go or how how do you? Uh, it is the. Uh, I just post up for anything. You just say open for business and let the replies flood in. That is correct. Right. Well, Rack, I I mean, I don't know if you wanted to stick around for for any anything else. I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff you might be interested in in, in, in international incident commercial. You might be interested in Brian Pillman. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what you did with Matt Ritter. But Listen, Kyle, uh, I, the rat can take a hint. I understand. I, I, there's only so much of me you can take. Uh, if you want to spend more time with that idiot Matt Ritter, I can, I can let him come back and finish talking about the, the cuckenings and all the, those things. He's, he's an expert. He is a cuck himself. So uh, right. yeah, we'll, we'll get his expert opinion in there. Yeah, he just seemed very uh, excited for the cuckening. So I think it would be really um, – I would just feel bad if I suppressed him from that. So. So uh, I'm at Johnson versus Goldust. Uh, interesting match. Yeah, I thought it was the, the technique, uh, the ebbs yeah. and flows. It really crescendoed into a great uh, technical contest, I thought. Yeah, uh, but I liked we, it. We don't need to talk about that. Swallow. <laughs> well, we got uh, we got Brian Pillman here up next. The loose cannon. Or what, Making what did, Dahmer jokes and shit. <laughs> he said. Because, I mean, for anyone unaware, he's in he's in crutches, in crutches, on crutches at this point uh, after his automobile accident. So his ankles shattered and whatnot. But he's out here to cut a promo and we're in uh, Wisconsin. And uh, I guess that's where Jeffrey Dahmer did his stuff. And Pillman says he understands why Dahmer tried to consume this entire state, which is... He comes out, so I'm not super familiar with Brian Pillman's WWF run other than the Pillman's got a gun thing. So I was like, is his loose cannon deal that he had been doing in ECW and WCW, is that going to translate in the World Wrestling Federation? And he opens up with Dahmer jokes and says he's going to rape this entire federation. So I think, yeah, probably he was able to carry that over to an extent. Just a little bit, yeah. Is uh yeah man can't control him. J Jr is interviewing him. I mean, you also got to remember, like we're in a transition. I know you're used to you know, just like the rack. 
Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and, you know, all this stuff. And it hasn't really gotten dirty yet. Uh, it, it's on its way there. But also, we just watched softcore porn prior to him coming out and talking about Dahmer and, you know, right. what he's going to do with the Federation. So, like, Goldust really ushered in a lot of taboos, uh, which is why I personally think Goldust is the one that kicked off the Attitude Era. I would agree with you 100%. But, um, yeah, J- JR's out here. He's like, hey. Pil- Pilzer, how you how do you think you're gonna measure up to the competition here in the WWF? And Pillman's like, "Listen here, you son of a bitch!" He just gets mad for no reason, um, and then says all that shit. But Pillman's here, and you know who is also here is Ice Cold McFreezy, Stone Cold Steve Austin. His music hits to cut, I guess, to cut off Pillman. Wait, hold on. Uh-huh. Before we do that, I, I've got a note back here. Please. Uh, we went backstage and they talked to Jake the Snake as he was getting taped up, right? <laughs> yes. And WWF President Gorilla Monsoon says, and I quote, Jake the Snake knows better than a doctor whether or not he's too hurt to wrestle. Like a man knows his body more than anybody else. So Better than anyone with a PhD who studies medicine. and I'll show you a PhD anatomy and physiology pretty, pretty huge dick a pretty hemorrhoidy dong d- d- dong <laughs> i was trying to think of an ass synonym i just know you can d. get hemorrhoids on your dong but now i'm actually fairly interested so he, if you can send me a picture you gotta try really hard let me tell you um, um but uh i think it's that flashlight man but we got the king of the ring finals on the way here we got the snake man Jake Roberts versus the cold man, Steve Austin. So uh, you you brought it up earlier. Austin had to go to the emergency room after his first match to get 16 stitches in his lip Took and his tongue. Took a, he just got mouth fucked too hard. That tends to happen. We don't all know our own strength. Um, Roberts has, you know, his ribs are taped up. So everybody's beat up at this point. But Jake Roberts is more so because of that big piece of shit vader giving him the vader bomb and etc earlier in the show um but this match i mean to say it's not back and forth by any means i mean jake gets a little offense in towards the end but it's pretty much just a a slow breakdown of uh this old piece of shit and his stupid ribs so but i mean it made austin look like a killer i guess ultimately gets the win with the stunner and uh yeah, what'd you make of this contest here, Matthew? I mean, it's not about the contest, it's about the promo, right? Like this this is Austin's star making moment, and I skipped that in, in line with uh my sentiments about professional wrestling in general. His star making moment is about the character and what he says, not about what he did in the ring. Like Everyone knows who he beat, but no one really remembers the specifics of this match. This isn't a match where everyone's like, you need to go see Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Jake the Snake mm-hmm. Roberts. It's 10 stars in the Tokyo Dome. It's his Brit. That's not it. It's the charisma, the personality, and the moment that happens after this. What he says after this that skyrocketed him. Yeah. I mean, I think after this match, I went into the kitchen and made a sandwich. I had to go do some things. I came back and it was the main event. I don't know. Anything of significance happened in between? He walked out to, uh, you know, where the chair was. Because, by the way, everyone the chair is just touching the, the chair throne. in the crown. The throne chair. The chair. throne is a chair. How dare you? Synonyms. Um, 
<laughs> so he walks over there and he takes the mic and they're like, congratulations, you're the new king of the ring. He's like, the first order of business is to get that piece of trash out of my ring. Loved it. You come out, you talk about your Psalms, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says, I just sucked a dick or something like that. I don't know the exact quote. Right. I think it was pretty much what it was. Yeah. Is that what the back of your shirt says? <laughs> Austin 316 just <laughs> sucked your dick? Yeah. It's, yeah. I get, I get a lot of looks at the grocery store. but Yeah, no, we all know the famous Stone Cold promo. And the crazy thing to me is, He's a heel here. Like Jake the Snake Roberts was the baby face. Mm-hmm. He was injured. He was fighting. He was trying to win. He he had never won the WWF title. And he got so over, but he he was a heel getting over and people falling in love with him despite being mm-hmm. a total dickhole and a piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, it's like very early on. I mean, the ringmaster stuff didn't last that long. It might have been like a month. It didn't. Um, but I mean, he came to WWF in January and this is what June, right? So it didn't take super long for this transition to happen, but man, it, it just kind of like he had the match. He had like a long program with Savio Vega, which I don't even know if that's totally over at this point, but, um, they had a great strap match at the end of your house. So it's kind of been a gradual crescendo to this moment, but yeah, it's like from a character perspective, it just went from zero to a hundred, um, from that opening line, you used to get that piece of trash out of the ring. It's just like automatically we're in stone cold mode here. I really um, wish you had got to see that and hadn't been making a sandwich because it was really good. You should yeah. go back and watch it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll go back and review it. I don't know. Yeah. But um, if I have time, that's what I said when you told me to go watch that thing that you sent me for the last podcast we did. And then I just didn't watch it. <laughs> that was also Steve Austin, I think, wasn't it? It was 100 <laughs> percent. You're like, I'm going to send you the Steve Austin promo. You should really watch. It. I'm like, yeah, I got you. And just never fucking did. I think that was the when he impersonated Hulk Hogan, which was his debut in ECW. And now we're uh, see you do remember the things we do together. See, I just bring you on for all of the marquee Stone Cold movement movements moments. So and that and Taz's small package and pretty much anything involving threesomes, lesbians, or uh, cloudy, which is pretty much. I mean, you can find any of those things on any wrestling show, I think. But HLA. Well, we got HLA. I mean, the journey here we've had we've had uh, we've had uh, forced. What would you call gold dust on Ahmed Johnson? I guess that wasn't forced. He was. It was consensual. It, right? yeah, it was consensual. Uh, listen, I, I wasn't here. You and the rack talked about it, but the way it kind of works is like I'm sitting in like a little theater inside my head, watching the rack do his thing. He's an asshole, but he's also fairly entertaining, right? And then vice versa. So he's in my head now. He speaks a lot louder than I do. So I, I watched it, and I, I I have to agree with the rack. Uh, Ahmed Johnson agreed to this match, and anything that happens inside the confines of the match when you agree to it right. is fair game. I never once did I hear Ahmed Johnson say no, stop, don't, or give a safe word during that match. So right, you're you're hearing it here first, folks. If you can't hear them say no, it's all Gucci. I'm with you. According to Kyle. <laughs> That is a Kyle Bird quote. <clears throat> well, I never heard Diana Smith say no either when Shawn Michaels buggered her, but maybe that's because it was behind closed doors. So if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, well, two things. One, we Shawn Michaels is essentially the opposite of Ric Flair right now, right? Because like Ric Flair's like collecting women's wives or dudes' wives like they're fucking Pokemon. He's got to fuck them all. Um, yes. Over there in WCW. And 
Shawn Michaels, if, if I remember correctly, essentially Diana Smith tried to fuck Shawn Michaels and he turned her down and then she got mad and then she said he tried to fuck her. I, from my understanding, I think this was all just a ruse to get Bulldog a title shot. So Diana said that Shawn Michaels came on to her, but Shawn's like, don't flatter yourself, lady. I would never do that. So it's a bit unclear what the reality is. But knowing Shawn Michaels in this time period, he probably came on to her. It's probably all real. See, I feel like it's the other way around. I feel like he was beating women off the stick. I think she came to his locker room. She's like, hey, hmm. you know, how you doing, Sean? He's like, yeah, you're you're not really my type. Like, I got Sable and Sonny running around here. You, you're, you're a good-looking girl, but you can't compete. You got to get out of here. And then she was hurt. So she ran back to British Bulldog and said, listen, Sean came on to me. He disrespected our marriage. And in no way, shape, or form does British Bulldog win in this because either your wife's trying to fuck somebody else hmm. or somebody's telling you that your wife isn't fuckable. So, like, it's a lose-lose situation no matter what is going on here. For right. Him. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think Jose Lothario thinks about all this? I don't know. All I know is uh, apparently is Owen Hart went from, uh, well, because he's Shawn Michaels' mentor. I get it, but, like, I don't know. And this is a very big match for Shawn Michaels. This is uh, the brother-in-law of Bret Hart, who will be his biggest rival. Um, mm. And, you know, he's... He he's a, a British legend and a big and muscular and talented and uh, has a wife that Shawn Michaels doesn't want to have sex with, like all right. of these things. So he needed Jose there, who is a Lothario to back him up. Oh, is he related to Humberto and Angel? I do not think so. Uh, I think that was just an homage to them. I um, see. Yeah, I see. Um, I I will say this though. Um, We've got Mr. Perfect as the enforcer, which we, we didn't talk about. Like They're like, oh, Mr. Perfect's going to ref. And then Grill Monsoon's like, you're not going to ref. You're just going to stand outside and look pretty. Right. Um, He's the second referee. He's the outside referee. And Owen Hart on commentary. So essentially, all of Camp Cornette, which is a, the weirdest fucking faction in professional wrestling next to the Dungeon of Doom for me, because yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. It's like the oddest collaboration of just like random fucking people put together under Jim Cornette. Mm-hmm. Uh, Owen got a little racist uh, on commentary here with some of the things he was saying about Jose Lothario. I forget what he said. What did, what did he say about Jose? He called him like an old, dirty Mexican. Look, maybe the wording was a bit rough around the edges, but is he wrong? I don't. He looked clean to me. He looked like he showered before he came out there. Right. And uh. we talked about it. Old is subjective. Like 41 is old now. I don't feel like that's old. Yeah, I mean, it's in the eye of the beholder. Beholder. Owen, Owen got a little racist in the, the commentary here. I was I was kind of shocked. I'm like, I, all right, calling women hose bags and homely and shit, that, that's one thing. But uh-huh. now, we're, now we're stepping up the prejudice a little bit. I think he's just saying what he is. I don't think that's racist. I think it'd be racist if you'd be like. Don't do it. Gonna- <laughs> I was going to say, what, what was the uh, segment that you and Kyle uh, or you and uh, Kenny had? Oh, ra- racist chops. Yeah, That's racist a, chops. Yeah, a, a Tataka expired, uh, inspired podcast. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. We're still in the, uh, we have yet to release the pilot episode, but we're working on it. <clears throat> um, but racism aside, by the way, first of all, I am so fucking sick of Diana Hart. Like uh, every, every British Bulldog match, she has to be there and they have to do the split screen of her. 
reacting stupidly to everything going on. Get her out of here. Get that dirty hose bag out of here. What do you got to say? I just, uh, I think that you're not sick of Diane Hart. I think you're just jealous. Because, again, on your last episode, you mentioned how uh, your goal is to one day get the softest part of the ring on this show. Mm-hmm. And you just wish she was there for you when you did your craft like Diana's there for Bulldog when he does his. So you're saying I should have her like right here and then have a separate Just making faces, her, yeah. Just watching me talk. You're saying you're, Yeah. At the very least. That's kind of hilarious, actually. We'll we'll, we'll workshop that. Um, Giving you the middle finger behind your back <laughs> and say something like, you know. Well, we'll we'll put a pin in that one. We'll uh we'll work that one out. Actually, you know what I do think you should do for TikTok? Tell me. I think you should record her, because you were talking about this. Mm -hmm. You sit down, you should just record her reactions and post her reactions on TikTok. Like, I've seen people where they bring their wives on and they do, like, commentary for, like, a Royal Rumble or something. Right. Yeah, that would be great content. I would love to hear the softest part of the ring's commentary uh, while you guys are actually in it watching it in little short TikTok clips. Uh, I mean, she'd be, she she TikToks, she ticks, she talks, so I'll... uh... I'll throw that one out at her. Tell her her favorite porn up podcaster suggested it. And I'm sure she'll be all on board. I know. She, I know she loves me. So, hey, I made it. She's listened. You know, we've been on car rides. <laughs> let me throw on smack it at Raw. See what he's got to say. And then you open up with let me Bukaki Shane McMahon or whatever the hell it was. Um, nah, she's used to it. She's married to me. So, yeah, that's a fact. Well, we got a whole cast of characters out here. Like you said, Mr. Perfect, he was going to be the like official referee, but Gorilla Monsoon comes out. He's like, nah, you're just going to be the secondary one. We got Earl Hebs out here to be the real referee. You get your piece of shit ass out of here. Um, and then the match gets underway. And honestly, like the match itself, I thought was pretty solid. It was better than I expected. It was pretty back and forth. Uh, Bulldog in this era, it's kind of hit or miss. Like, he could pull out a good match if he wants to, but often he doesn't want to. But I thought that the match itself, I mean, we can talk about the shenanigans, you know, after the fact. So you're saying you're saying Bulldog's like Charlotte Flair. I swear to God, I had that exam, that, that same thought. <laughs> like, you have the ability, I just don't feel like doing the thing. But Yeah, exactly. Uh, what's crazy is, uh, two years from now, we're going to go from wrestling Shawn Michaels for the title in the main event of a pay-per-view to uh third match on the card wrestling mongo mcmichaels <laughs> over in wc <laughs> and then he uh we get to his jeans phase which is my favorite so and i can tell you right now he did not want to have a good match with mongo mcmichaels <laughs> well i don't care if he wanted to or not that wasn't gonna happen um <clears throat> but i don't know any, anything about the match itself stick out to you I I mean like I like you said it was a really it was surprisingly a really good match. Um I know that those two guys have chemistry. Sean pretty much has chemistry with everyone he works with, but especially yeah. all of the members of the Heart Foundation outside of uh the second best night Heart Jim. Uh first being Jenny, last being Natty. Okay. Um in that order specifically. Um and uh Yeah, I mean it was exactly kind of what i expected it to be with mr perfect mm-hmm. on the outside and the ref on the inside and perfect Owen i feel like didn't commentary. get involved as much as i thought he would yeah. i 
in a year or two from now, I'd agree with that. But this is still because think about like watching 95 in a 96 WWF. You don't see a lot of that nonsense and shenanigans like we'll get to see once we get in 97, yeah. 98, where it's constant fuckery, you know, Good point. constant ref bumps and shit like that. So, like I said, for this time period, this is kind of what I expected. We're, we're getting there, but we're not there yet. Yeah. So what the fuck was this finish? What do you so, mean? I'm so, so confused. I mean, <laughs> so Sean Michaels, if you're unaware, he hits the sweet chin music on Bulldog. Mm-hmm. He goes for the pin. Earl Hebner, yep. the referee, slowly gets in position to make the pin. And Mr. Perfect also gets in the ring. They start counting at the same time, both referees. Owen Hart gets up from commentary and pulls Mr. Perfect out of the ring. And, and Earl Hebner continues to count and counts the three count. Yes. Explain it to me. I mean, Mr. Perfect was trying to uh, throw off Earl Hebner's count. And Owen thought, hey, maybe if I pull Perfect out because he's closer, I'll distract uh, Hebner long enough for British Bulldog to kick out. And uh, he mm. was incorrect. Or um, they just had no idea what the fuck they were doing. This was stupid. It was one of those two <laughs> things. It's definitely. I'm not sure which. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little. It's a, it's a or B. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm leaning towards the second option. Uh, I mean, there's a whole. Sean wins, first of all, but then they do a whole post-match deal where Owen gets in, starts beating on Sean. Sean locks him in a figure four in the ring and then rolls up Bulldog for a pinfall after the match. Maybe just to hold him there to neutralize him. I don't know. Uh, but then we get a whole. Yeah. We got I was going to say, there's something about guys doing the figure four that like to fuck other people's wives. Is that is that the thread? Oh, Jeff Jarrett took Kurt Angle's wife. Dude, Jeff Jarrett real life lived Ric Flair's on-screen gimmick. <laughs> because yeah. mind you, he took Deborah from Mongo and they right. came to WWF and then Austin took it from him. Neither here nor there. Then he took Kurt Angle's wife. Like dude was stealing wives just like Ric Flair, but in real life. Whereas, right. I mean, as far as I know, Rick wasn't fucking any of the actual boys wives, just the fans wives and daughters at the same time. Right. In hotel rooms. I think of other people. Miz, I guess Maurice wasn't anybody's wife beforehand. Um, I'm sure there's more. Oh, call in if you have any other uh, uh, any other affairs in mind of people that do figure fours. I mean, Bret Hart does one around the ring post. We know about sunny days, so uh... yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good point. It's a really good point you make there, uh, Buddy Landell. I'm sure he's done some some stuff like that, but we got. Uh, after the match, so Owen, Bulldog, two on one gang, beating on Shawn Michaels, much like the sailors that sodomized him in Syracuse. But <laughs> two on one, then Ahmed Johnson comes out to even the odds, but then Vader comes out to odd the odds. So it's three on two, but then Warrior comes back out or comes out to re even the odds. So we got a three on three battle here. We got. Camp Cornette versus the team of Warrior, Shawn Michaels, and Ahmed Johnson. What an absolute miserable group of pieces of degenerates. No shit. Like, I was, 
I was like, you were concerned with the way the match and the pinfall ended. I was more confused as to a what the fuck Warrior was doing doing jazzercising to the ring again. He's always like, jazzercising. He's always in that what, state. You 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 fought Goldust. You fought Lawler. Why are you here now? What is your what is your beef with Cam Cornette? He's, Why do you give a fuck about Shawn Michaels? He's he's out to spread distrucity among or steal the spotlight because you know maybe 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 that. Um, but Ahmed was just looking for a safe space. Yeah, he didn't want to get fondled by Goldust anymore. I'm sure Goldust stopped by, you know, in the locker room to check on him. He just ran, and the, he ended up in the ring. He's like, "Oh well, I'm here." I mean, it's gotta, help out Sean. It's got to be impossible for Ahmed to shower after the match because you're just in the studio. You know, some people they think like some someone's gonna like what's the movie where somebody like goes into the shower with like a fork or something. Maybe it's not a fork, or maybe it's a knife. Psycho, like psycho. Is it psycho? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's you're you know uh, getting off. That's your forte. I figured I'd throw it to you. I don't know if you can see it. If you can see it back there, I do see it. How could you not see it? I can't reach that chair. It's too far away. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to hear that. Um, plus he's all sweaty and shit. And like, listen, when you're when you're that sweaty and you're that slippery and you're that painted and greased up, the last thing you want to do is go into the shower with a bar of soap because we know what happens if you drop it. Hmm. Well, yeah, no, that's actually a good point. I'm, I was trying to think if Ahmed would, like, what would you would you do that to Ahmed if he were to drop the soap? I mean, I feel like hundred percent. He probably like. Have you ever seen Chuck and Larry? Yes. The uh, Vic Grimes. What well, not Vic Grimes? Ving Ving Rames. <laughs> Vic Grimes. Is the quick guy that's run off the deal. Yeah, oh, it's a very very similar situation. Although I'll put it that way. Uh, he might be asking for it, but Ving Rames is not here, but you know who is here is everybody else. But that's I was thinking end. more of like Ving Rames in uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, you see, I've only seen that movie once and it's been a while. Really? Yeah, it's a good movie. I liked it. Really I just I can't really yeah. remember a lot about it, but you don't remember like the pawn shop and the cop and the gimp in the basement. And yes, that was where Bruce Willis yeah. was, right? Maybe. And know. Ving Rames. Ving Rames. I don't remember Ving Rames in there. Or no, it wasn't Ving Rames. I am incorrect. That was um was Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, it was Ahmed Johnson down there. We need to get Ahmed Johnson in Hollywood, I think. I think that might be his calling. You know how like um like Nathan Jones thought he was a wrestler, but he was actually an actor. I think that's what Ahmed Johnson's deal is. You think he's actually an actor? What movie would you throw Ahmed Johnson in to make it better? Um, Texas Dildo Masquerade. Ah, I thought he was in that. Maybe not. We'll no, he to, was not. Unfortunately, we'll have to, we'll have to review uh, that again. That was an all white cast. Oh, no BBCs allowed. No. That's what they put on their thing. Yeah. Well, King of the Ring. No, it was Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames <laughs> was Marcellus Wallace. <laughs> I was right. I knew it was. Thank you goodness. Fucked me up. Thank goodness yes. we we. We covered that. You're the you're the king of that research. But speaking of kings, we got King of the Ring, 1996, coming to a close here. If you had to, uh, if you had to grade this show from S to F, what do you think you would throw at it? Uh, well, seeing as I know what's going on in WCW, um, based on that product, uh, I, I honestly, I give it a solid B. Yeah. Um, we had the King of the Ring tournament. Uh, Travis and I have talked about this a lot. 
Um, he prefers to have the majority, if not all of the King of the Ring tournament matches on the pay-per-view and have that pretty much be the pay-per-view. And while we didn't quite get that, we got two rounds yeah. um, of the King of the Ring tournament here, um, which, like you said, you thought Austin and Merrill was a good match. Undertaker versus Mankind was a really good match. Um, Goldust versus Ahmed Johnson was five stars in uh, Pornhub Dome. Yeah. Um, or five in the bang bus eggplant emojis yeah um the Shawn michaels bulldog match until the ending was good Mm -hmm. um there i mean generally outside of the eh tag match and lawler warrior everything on this in ring wise was actually fairly solid for the stories that they were telling because whether in in all actuality, whether you thought Goldust versus Ahmed Johnson was a very good match, the story that they told in the ring matched the in ring yeah. work. You know, like I actually they did the not match mind around. the match. It yeah, was, it was exactly. very silly, but it was like I don't even know if I mentioned that Ahmed doing that fucking dive to the outside and almost killing himself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. falling on his head. But I mean, it was it was uh, an, an exciting match, for better or worse. Yeah, but I mean. It's also the the launch of Austin 316. And so with all of that in mind, um, I'd give it a solid B plus. And I highly recommend, I I highly recommend that uh, for best match of 1996, you put Goldust for Samad Johnson in that spot over Diesel and Sean. You know what? I'm going to, um, it'll be a few days before I do that. So I'm going to let it marinate. I'm going to let the gold seep into my cockles. And we'll see where I'm at when I uh, when I grade this show, but okay. um, I wouldn't get your hopes too high. I was um, just saying I don't know if, if we're allowed to give recommendations. Since oh we're, please, we're here with you. I mean I'm I'm open, um, I'm wide open. Okay. Um, but no, I don't think so there. But King of the Ring 1996. I mean, a lot of this show was pretty. Uh, it was pretty hardcore. You might be able to say it was pretty raw. And people were getting kind of smacked around. But speaking of which, we got the Smacking It Raw podcast. We got Getting Off. We got the 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 hullabaloo from Croatia World. Tell all the daddies and mommies where people can find you, listen to you. Uh, if you want to find anything Croatia World, which is all things entertainment, um, we do Croatia Conversation Monday through Friday live, uh, noon Central, one p.m. Eastern. We talk all that nerdish news, trailers, everything in the world of entertainment. You can follow them on all social medias at It's Creation World, I-T-S-C-R-E-A-T-I-A World, or Linktree slash Creation World. Uh, for me personally, um, I am on Twitter at Matt Ritter for your wrestling content at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R or at Getting Off for your horror content. Uh, Smack and Raw is the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. Getting Off is the number one horror podcast on Pornhub. Uh, if that's your thing, come check us out. Also, you guys can follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and threads at Smackin' It Raw. Nice. We still got to do that. Um, what was the Divas show that you recommended? Oh, um, it was Girls Gone Wild. Wasn't there another? It was like it was the WWE one. Oh no, it was it was Girls Gone Wild. Yeah, yeah with the with the yeah. Tori Wilson on there. Yeah, maybe Stacy. Yeah. Have you seen? I forgot if I asked. Have you actually seen that? I think back in the day I downloaded it on LimeWire and watched it because I do. Mm. I know for a fact, as disappointing as it is, uh, you do not see Tori or any uh, WWE wrestler cameos actually naked in that girl's gone wild. 
Not even cloudy? No. Damn. That guy's gone wild, I guess. Yeah. Well, depending on... Listen, I got to ask Cloudy what her pronouns are or his pronouns. Their, their, their pronouns. pronouns. Yeah. Until we know. Until we know. You know, you, you can't assume. You got to make sure Jimmy's shoulders is okay with that, I guess, right? Exactly. Yeah. You wouldn't want uh, the wrath of Jimmy's shoulders. Nope. Against you. I don't know. What do you think the rack would think about uh, Cloudy? I think Cloudy is right up, like right up the rack, Sally. I think that's exactly what he's 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 a gender fluid trisexual, so he'll try anything once. And I think you know that that ambiguous mix that Gold Dust and Jimmy Shoulders has going on is perfectly in his niche. Once again, thank you to Matt from the Smackin' It Raw podcast for joining me once again on this lovely, lovely journey through the King of the Ring. 1996. Go check out the Smackin' It Raw podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, YouTube, Twitch, Pornhub, all that stuff. Check it out in the description. Follow me at Apron Bump. Subscribe to my channel, YouTube channel. There's video version. There's audio version, uh, video version. Um, I'm working on creating a taste version. Uh, we're almost there. But in the meantime, like, subscribe. Rate, review, tweet on my nipples, call me a little bitch. Do all of those things. But before we go, Bartholomew, hit that jingle. WCW, ECW, WWF, who's the hardest promotion? Eric or Vince or Polly? I think we can agree, though, it's mostly shit. Alrighty then. Let's grade this show, why don't we? So if you're on YouTube, you can follow along as I share my screen. But if you're in audio land, I will walk you through it as well. First thing we're going to do before we get into any of the other criteria, we are going to grade this event, King of the Ring 1996, from a scale of S being the best show of all time to F being the drizzling shits. King of the Ring 1996. What are we thinking, folks? So it was, it was a pretty good show. Like, it was definitely not a bad show, for sure. So C is the floor. Not, I don't think this is A territory. You could argue A if we were, like, factoring in hindsight, you know, as far as, like, what Austin 316 would mean, what Mankind and Taker would go on to be, things like that. But we're, we're, we're coming at this in real time just based on the show in a vacuum, really. So, I don't think A, so either B or C is really where we're at. I gave In Your House 8 a B. Uh, Great American Bash, I gave a C. So really, like, what is it closer to in terms of quality? I mean, the show was pretty good, man. The main event exceeded my expectations. Uh, Steve Austin versus Mark Marrow was good. It was cool to see Austin. Uh, to see this like new up-and-comer gain the King of the Ring over Jake Roberts. That was cool. You had a, a good amount of filler, though, with like the tag team title nonsense. Vader and uh, Jake Roberts. Yeah, you have stuff like that. 
uh, Goldust and Ahmed Johnson was pretty entertaining. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I'm just looking at my notes here and making sure I'm taking everything into account. Ultimate Warrior versus Jerry Lawler. That was what it is. C or B. I'm inclined to throw a B at it, to be honest. Because there wasn't a lot of dead spots, to be honest. Um, and even the stuff that was like kind of dumb was like. Had its entertainment value, you know what I mean? And that's ultimately that's what matters at the end of the day. I think it'd be like a B minus. I'm gonna throw a B at it, man. I'm gonna throw a B at this show. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. So we'll give it a, f a B. So now we go to, um, we see which promotion has the current highest average grade. And WWF is still in the lead, um, averaging about a B. So we go over here to the scoreboard. And as I mentioned in the beginning, the current scores as it is, WWF has 11, ECW has 10, WCW has 1. So we'll go through this and see if any of those scores will change. So the best overall average grade of the pay-per-view. WWF currently has that with 6 points, and they maintain that. So they keep those 6 points. Best pay-per-view, WWF has WrestleMania 12. Currently, that is the only A that I've given out. So that is the best, uh, just you know. By the math, so WWF still maintains that with two points. Worst pay-per-view, we're still tracking WCW. Super Brawl, 96 as the worst. Clearly, King of the Ring was not worse than that. So WCW mains that negative one point. In-ring, just overall in-ring uh, quality. Currently, we're tracking ECW as the best with four I don't think anything on this show really shifts that. There was some good wrestling on this show, but I think WWF is kind of an idol in terms of in-ring stuff. Like, they're pretty consistent. Like, there'll be, like, at least, like, one or two pretty good matches and everything else kind of just, like, whatever. So I think ECW still maintains that with four points. Best match of the year. We're tracking Sean versus Diesel from In Your House 7. So that clearly would be WWF. Um... The only thing on this show that I think would rival it is probably Sean versus Bulldog. And I, I still definitely prefer Sean. Sean versus Diesel over that. Maybe Austin versus Mero, but I still think with Sean and Diesel, with the stakes involved in the atmosphere, I think far exceeded uh, Austin and, and Mero. So. But WWF, either way, maintains that two points. Worst match. We're tracking Ultimate Warrior versus Goldust at In Your House 7 as the worst match of the year so far. Nothing on this show was worse than that. You can argue Warrior versus, it's always Warrior, right? Uh, Warrior versus Lawler, but I, we even said it in the podcast, it wasn't as bad as the Goldust match um, for a variety of reasons. Other than that, I mean... Nothing was absolutely terrible. I mean, like Jake Roberts and Vader, but it was quick and harmless. So it's like, whatever. 
So yeah, Warrior and Goldust still holds on to that. So WWF still maintains that negative one point. Roster and star power. So just overall, the, the, the most complete roster and we take into account you know star power like the, the the name value of the roster we take into account the ability of the roster the um the value just overall we're tracking wcw as the best <clears throat> with four points now they got hogan they got macho man they got sting um the outsiders are there now so you got hall and nash well, you also got the cruiserweights really starting to bubble up as something really special. You got Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio's there. Uh, I think Psychosis is on his way. Uh, you know, you have your Booker T's. You got your um, I, yeah. I think WC. I think WCW still has the best roster. I mean, nothing on this show. I mean, King of the Ring, we're seeing mankind kind of manifest into something really special, but I don't think he's quite at a point where it's going to pivot this company as better than what WCW has currently. Um, you know, Austin obviously is on the rise, but it's not immediate, so we're not there yet. Marrow's cooking. We got some good stuff in the WWF, but I still think WCW maintains the best overall roster so they keep that four points wrestler of the year Shawn michaels look you had a great match on this show so i mean that just more that just that's, that's just more backing as far as i'm concerned in terms of you know justifying him as the wrestler of the year so far even though the storyline was kind of shit but that's not really his fault um anybody on this show yeah, I don't think anybody anybody on this show is really gonna give him a fight for that. So just looking here. Maybe Gold Dust, you could argue, based on the character plus his in-ring stuff. I mean, it both has been pretty good, but not better than Shawn Michaels. So Sean keeps that. So WWF keeps that two points. Worst wrestler of the year. We're tracking Kevin Sullivan. Um from WCW. And look, Kevin Sullivan, look, he's been he's backed off from the heavy in-ring stuff, right? He's he's involved in a lot of tag matches, if anything, in-ring. He's more of a mouthpiece nowadays. So I'm hesitant to keep him as worst wrestler of the year. But who would take his spot? Does the ultimate warrior take Kevin Sullivan's spot? as worst wrestler of the year. I'm tempted, man. I mean, he's had only a handful of matches, but everything he's been involved in is just like, like we're, we're, we're trying to run off the momentum of his original run, but I just don't, I mean, the crowd seems into it though, is, is the thing, right? We're trying to, we want to be in the, in the context of the time. I'm, we're trying not to factor in hindsight too much. But I just don't think he's offered anything, man. And look, he has the worst match of the year as we're tracking, right? Him versus Goldust. And I even said it. I was like, <laughs> the Warrior, Warrior versus Lawler gave it a fight. So it's like we have two Warrior matches at the bottom of the, <laughs> at the, bottom of the match quality. 
And plus, he's just there's no evolution in his character. It's kind of just a diluted version of what he was in the 80s and nine in the early 90s. Do we do we put Warrior as the worst wrestler of the year? I think I think because Kevin Sullivan, I don't think when this is all said and done is going to I don't think Kevin Sullivan's going to be the worst of the year. Personally, and I think Kevin Sullivan offers some in terms of Mike and in terms of being a manager kind of role guy. Tough. Well, no, I say that, because, but you know, Kevin Sullivan also had the false count anywhere match with Chris Benoit. That was pretty entertaining. So like he's given us some good stuff. You know what? I'm putting ultimate warrior there. We're doing it. Ultimate warrior. WWF. So W or um, WCW gets a point back because that is a negative one point criteria and WWF loses a point by having the worst wrestler of the year so far. And I don't think anybody else on this show would give maybe Jake Roberts, but I don't, I'm not, he's not worst of the year. He's fine. Yeah. Nobody else on this show. I mean, Ahmed Johnson is, is fun. Uh, Taker. Yeah. No, nobody else really. I think warrior warrior grabs that one, man. He stinks. He stinks. Um, okay. So out of ring, looking at the out of ring aspect of all of this. The best overall, and we're talking gimmicks, characters, promos, storylines, all that stuff. We're tracking ECW as the best currently. They got Sandman and Raven is kicking off with Raven bringing in Sandman's son, joining his cult. You got Taz being built up into an eventual match with Sabu. You got Shane Douglas in the TV title picture. You got... um, you have the Eliminators and the Gangsters. ECW has got a very top-to-bottom complete um, kind of just like repertoire of stories going on right now, which I don't think WWF or WCW is really doing. Like Both of those companies kind of have stuff going on at the top, but everything else is kind of, it's like filler. It's, it's, like, um, it's, it's like on the back burner. You know what I mean? So I think ECW is still winning there. Best overall out of ring stuff. Uh, best character slash storyline. We're currently tracking Taz as the best. Just the way he's being built up as a legit like shoot style fighter is the, the presentation is very unique for the time. His promos are badass. His presentation's badass. Uh, previously, I had Goldust here, but I think Taz overtook him. But does this show warrant Goldust retaking that spot? Because the stuff with Ahmed Johnson is pretty, pretty tawdry. It's pretty f- <laughs> kissing Ahmed Johnson, putting the gold shit on his lips. Um, Goldust, Mankind's another one that could be in the running. But again, I think we're st- still very early days with Mankind. I don't know if we're quite there yet. But it could be a future, a future winner there. Um, I mean, Steve Austin, of course, we gotta we gotta consider that, right? But again, very early days. I mean, this is this is the start of it, right? This is this, the the seed was planted on this show, so I can't I can't go ahead and, and say that he's the best. 
currently, right? Again, we're not taking into account hindsight. We're, we're looking at this show in a vacuum. And Austin winning King of the Ring is great. Like, he's, he's been put on that pedestal. But how does he follow through? We don't know yet. So I think Taz probably keeps this the best character going right now. Um, but this is this is a category that's going to see a lot of flux, I think, especially with stuff that WCW has upcoming. I think we're going to see a lot of changes there, but Taz will hold on to that for now. So ECW keeps that two points. Worst character slash storyline, the Dungeon of Doom. Um, it's like the Dungeon of Doom. Like I, I spoke about this kind of with Kevin Sullivan. Like they're not like, I guess they're still kind of a big factor on the show. They're not like the main events. Well, I guess the the Giants, the fucking world champion, but he doesn't feel like a world champion. So maybe that maybe that lends itself to <laughs> it shows that the Dungeon of Doom sucks, which maybe that warrants them keeping the worst character slash storyline. I mean, on this show, like what what would what would combat that? Warrior and Lawler is pretty bad, but is also very short lived. Whereas the Dungeon of Doom is isn't it like it lasts years. So um Yeah, we're gonna keep the dungeon. I mean, the, the Bulldog and Shawn Michaels storyline sucks a lot as well but I don't think it's as bad as the DOD. So WCW keeps that negative one point, And that is where we're at. So the only shift we saw was a one point, or I guess a two point swing uh, between WWF and WCW. So now as it stands, WWF has 10 points. ECW also has 10 points and WCW has two points. So ECW has now tied up with WWF and WCW is slowly creeping back up. But lots going on in the next few months here. So a lot's going to be changing. But that's where we stand as of now. Uh, yeah, I think that about does her. Huh? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Leave a comment. Shoot me a shoot me an X post or whatever the hell. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about all daddy got that daddy got do daddy daddy yankee that's all daddy has for you today appreciate you guys listening and or watching and or tasting love you all appreciate the support appreciate your love just gonna let that marinate for a second have a good day everybody get the hell out of here i am hard